You are listening to the Hello Sport Podcast. All right, welcome back to All Talk with Hello Sport, coming to you on SEN. Joining us this week, very privileged to have him in studio and in the, the, the red hot red chair, the one and only Joel Kane. How are you, sir? Thank you for coming in. Hello, gentlemen. You're in the blue chairs. Yes. Now, I need to ask this. Are you specific right-sided and left-sided players? Are you always in the left chair? Yes. yes. Yeah, yeah. you got to have your seat. Yeah. you got to have your seat, much like you got to have your spot in the bed. Yes. Um, this is our bed. This is our bedroom, <laughs> yes. as it were. So we like to keep it very, very much the same. I'm always on the right. doesn't matter where we go. I'm generally always on the right. Love yeah, it. I'd say so. But not always, but most of the time. Yeah. It's funny. I think over the years, though, we've chopped and changed sides. But now that we're in here, it's the... This is what's comfortable. This is what yeah. works for us. In like fact, it. I almost guarantee we've. I was on that side at one stage. But anyway, <laughs> riveting. Um, so we were just, you know, we were talking just before you came on here, and now obviously there's plenty to get to. But you are aware of our uh, our attempts to run a marathon. You said yeah. that you yourself have run a marathon. Yes. I'd like to know your secrets because we're struggling. I. Uh, Firstly, preparation is everything, which I didn't do. And this was about... Actually, you know when I did it? You remember the great game the West Tigers take on the Roosters, that famous semi-final? You were there. Uh, I was there. Oh, you were there? Yeah, I was there, yeah. So I was also there that night, and my mates had booked accommodation in town so we could wake up in town. So we're down the Cronulla Way, wake up in town, jump on the train, bang, let's get into this marathon. And we actually decided to do it off a five-week preparation. Admittedly... That's a lot of kilos ago for me, right? So I was a lot lighter, wasn't fit, but just took... I'm very excited for you folks to do I'm actually enrolled for the half marathon. You which, might see me dropping down from a full to a half, Joel. <laughs> I'm thinking about dropping down from the half to the 10. Um, <laughs> but boys, I tell you, it's, so that, that was the night. So I wanted to get away early. And that game, of course, goes the extra time. And you're so hyped up about it. So I couldn't sleep. Got out for the run and... First 35 Ks, I'm absolutely doing it easy. Like, mind you, we're not breaking any records, but... First just, 35 Ks is basically the whole marathon. Well, no, 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 that's what you think. So that's what I thought. Yeah. And I thought, so we're coming back up past uh, Oxford Street and they've got all these drinks ready to go and there's 7 Ks to go and I've knocked over 35. I'm thinking this is easy. So then um, the snipers come in. Bang, 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 bang. So you, as, have you done a marathon or a, or a half before? Mate, I'm, I've ran 15Ks yesterday. It's I did 20. I did, really? Yeah, yeah. I did I'm, 27 the other day. So, like, I'm, I'm preparing the right way. I'm oh, you're home. No, you yeah, yeah. I'm yeah. in big trouble. My knees are <laughs> fucked. Yeah. The, the, um, get the salt tablets. You're going to need those. That's a good good clue. But um, so what, what happens when you do these runs? Have you done one of those professional runs before, though? Where no, the, I haven't. No. Oh, you haven't? Never? No, no, never? No. Wow. So they have these one-kilometre signs. Mm. Every one kilometre? Yes. And they're just ticking over, right? So they're just at the start. Just, you feel like you're seeing one every well, – you are every five minutes. Tick, 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 tick. <laughs> and then I got to that 35K mark and the snipers went bang, bang, bang. And every kilometre felt five kilometres apart. I swear I felt that and, – and I hope you don't go through this yourself, but you – I reckon the last seven kilometres was twice as hard, three times as hard as the first 35 it was brutal. Did you have any injuries or anything? Like, obviously, you're a no. former athlete, but, like, was there anything – was it – how 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 far was that run after you'd retired? From uh, yeah, so it's probably a good four or five years, but I was lucky to have no major injuries. Okay. But I, I remember I was sort of struggling a little bit, 
but still on top of it. And I run into this bloke on his own who's about to walk, right, or, or just starts to walk. I said, mate, what do you, come on, come on, let's go, let's go. And then we get chatting. I get him going for about 500 metres. And he's an English bloke. And I said, what's your motivation for this? Come on, we're nearly there. I said, I need you as much as you need me. He said, oh, my mate passed away and we always promised we'd run this run together. I said, well, I'm going to be your mate today. We're going to get home together. So, so we grafted out together for the next final six of the seven Ks. And then there's 500 metres to go. And I've carried this bloke over the line. And then he just fucking puts the bullet down and takes off. I've never seen him again. <laughs> I never, ever saw him again in my life. What a cheeky And I was mate. so pissed off at him. But, um, but I'll never forget, Ray Hadley gave me my first call of a full game, which was reserve grade, right? And it was Wentworthville Magpies taking on the um, Western Suburbs Magpies. But I had to be there at a certain time. And because I was behind my time... I had to sprint, like finish the half marathon, then keep running, literally keep running another two Ks so I could get back to Leichhardt Oval. Oh, my God. To call my very first game, which was reserve grade. And the problem was I was so delusional and both teams were black and white magpies. I had no idea what was going on. <laughs> but anyway. So you finished your marathon, ran yep. back yep. to get out and call the footy. I could hardly climb the stairs at Leichhardt Oval and called my first ever game. They're both Jeez. black and white. I didn't know what was going on. Oh, great you say the last seven Ks was long. What was the last two Ks like oh, well, after the well, well, now I'm on the clock, right? So I've just got to get there. Yeah. And you can't get it. It's so busy. So you can't get it. There was no Ubers back in those days. No. So 2010 it would have been. Yeah. So your career has been interesting, right? Because obviously you had a professional athlete career, yeah. which is already a great achievement in and of itself. But you're bigger now than you ever were even playing, right? Quite like, physically. <laughs> I actually am. Yeah, I actually yeah, am. Yeah. I'm at a career high Colin weight. A, Colin yeah. What's, I guess, you know, what... We'll get to your career, yeah. your footy career, but, like, when did you... Was it was the career in media always a, a goal after you retired? You know, it was funny. Like, I, I never... Um, I loved the horse racing. And I think I fell in love with horse racing because of the callers. Mm. You know, Ian Craig and Greg Miles. And, and I remember we moved around a heap. So I was the eldest of six, mum and dad scrappers, who, you know, together at 16. And when they were on the source, I think they deeply loved each other. But otherwise, <laughs> it was a very manic household, you know. It was just... Uh, I think it was a manic household because it was such a struggle. So for mum and dad, it was either have another kid or move towns. So I went to nine schools. Oh, nine. Nine schools and never got to year 12, right? Wow. So people come up to me and they say, oh, Joel, I went to school with you. And I'm like, where's the roulette wheel? You know, like, yeah, right. it's very hard for me to remember when you're only at every school for two or three years at the most. So I remember this one school, Newbridge, and we lived in a town. This was one of the moves. So as I said, mum and dad either had another kid or moved town. So we end up at a... Um, at a pub, Newbridge, which they buy, the Gladstone Hotel, town of 85 people. The school there had uh, 12 people and half of them were us, our, ki our family, you know. And you could literally go to school, do your work, because there was one teacher for all the classes, do your work. As soon as you do your work, you go home. Mm. So me and a mate would get there at 6 o'clock. The teacher would leave the doors open for us. We'd knock it over by 9 and then we'd muck, it on the, muck around on the railways. But I vividly remember in 1991... I had the whole school, which is the 12 of us, uh, mapped out in a handicap, and I had a big orange witch's hat, and I called the Melbourne Cup. So my sister was the youngest in the school in kindergarten, mm. and she had to run 100 metres, whereas my 
uh, other brother, second brother, he was probably the fastest in the school, so he had to run the 400, mm. and I called the Melbourne Cup. So I had this fascination of doing weird shit, you know, like I'd be yeah, driving yeah. a car and I'd be calling the Melbourne Cup or calling the grand final or um, just... So in many ways, I wanted to do that more than play. Right. Yeah. How did uh, Calling seems to me like a very, very difficult thing to do. Do you need to essentially practice in the mirror? Like, how do you sort of work... Yeah at your craft to get it to a point where you can call, you know, a yeah. reserve game. We tried to game. call once. We tried, we did. We, yeah. we tried to call at a mate's house around the corner and it was... It was over within five minutes. We, we just looked at each other and we're like, no, 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 this isn't working. You know what it is? Like, I, I, And I've got a lot of improvements still to come, but Ray Hadley once told me with relation to being the caller, mm. not so much a sideline eye or a co-caller, he said, it's not really something you can train for. You've got to be able to think something and have it off your lips straight away. Mm. And that's, you've either got that or you haven't got it. Um, and I reckon a lot of that is that sort of rehearsing as a kid and stuff like that, that 10,000 hours as people talk about. But yeah, that, that's what he said. But how, how it became of me, and I used to love Hadley, you know, like I would, well, I still do. I would, grand finals or, or origin, I would, I'm very audio. So I, I'd lay in bed and listen to him call in the grand final or the origin, you know, and, and it would get me. But how it come to working with him, I was working for community, uh, community radio station, uh, Hawkesbury Radio, and we're in a box at Penrith, and Broncos were playing the Panthers, and the all-conquering c- continuous call team next to me, they're calling the big game. So we would have had two listeners, and that would have been it. They would have had oh, however many, right? Yeah. And... I thought to myself, it's time to attack. So Hadley comes out, and I've waited an hour outside the door. And I thought, how am I going to do this? And I recorded some of the game that I'd called. And I said, everyone's got 10 seconds, right? So I said, as soon as you come out, Ray, have you got 10 seconds? And he's sort of a bit rattled. He said, yeah, 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 no worries, you know. And I'll never forget, I pressed play on this tape, and it was the worst time to press play. It was so corny. <laughs> so Sam Thiday crashes over for the Broncos to score a try. Yeah. And I've said, oh, thank God it's Friday, you know. And it was, on a, on a, it was just very corny. Yeah. But he listened to the tape, which I felt for half an hour. It was probably 30 seconds, you know, and blockers over his shoulder sort of nodding. And then he stops the tape. He said, I'll call you tomorrow at 5.30. Have your phone on, right? So I said, okay. So I'm up at 4.30. I'm gargling and trying to make out as if I always get up at this time. Yeah, and- yeah, yeah. <laughs> Just go back from a jog. And he calls yeah. me at 5.30 on the dot, right? And he's talking about it. In fact, the other embarrassing thing I did was, so I've done my job. I'm going to have this chat with Hadley. To, so I don't have to say any more. Mm. And I'm on the top of the stairs at Panthers. Those red seats are there. And he's made his way down to the bottom with Blocker. And I'm still at the top. Job done. He's going to call me tomorrow. And I yell out, hey, Ray. Yeah, yeah, mate. I said, and by the way, in 20 years, I've not touched the set, not touched the dial. He goes, Righto, champ. And, <laughs> and off he goes. But, but he did ring me. Yeah, and, and if uh, he didn't call you the next day, you know why. <laughs> yeah, that's right. Yeah. I nearly butchered it. But, oh. uh, yeah, it was a great experience, yeah. What's – what's, like, that's quite a, um, like, you know, taking your own uh, future into your hands sort of a moment there. Yeah. Have you always had that in you? Like, what was what was the impetus for going, fuck it, I'm just going to hit him up, hit him with this? Yeah, I think um, – one thing, and this relates to now. So I remember Peter Overton, and this is a story, but it'll tie back to the same thing. He came in before Origin one night, and he said, oh, do you mind if I sit in here for the for you doing your cross? I said, yeah, yes, that's okay. Why? Why? He said, oh, I've just heard you do it live, and you don't use an auto cue. 
He said, well, why do you do that? And I said, well, A, I don't like an auto cue. I'm not very good at scripted stuff. And the other thing is that, Pete, if I stuff this up, right, it's different for him. He's doing the news, you know. It's real bloody heavy subjects, which you've got to nail. Mm. I said, if I stuff this up, right, and I don't know how many people watch your origin. There's a couple of million, whatever it is. Mm. What would happen is that people would instantly get on their social media and go, Kane's a dickhead and flog and whatever else. And I still get that anyway. But hmm. um, but the moment that they've sent that, and this is what my dad was talking to me about. He said, the moment they've sent that, everyone's so busy in their own life, so consumed about what's happening in their world, their kids' world, their partner's world. So if you're thinking, and this is everyone, it's not selfish, it's just how we are. Hmm. If you're thinking 95% of the time about yourself, that means there's 5% for the rest of the world. And it's not really my business to worry about what people think about me. That's their business, you know. Mm. So the moral of the story was that if you stuff up, it's not really – no one gives a shit. Everyone's so consumed about themselves, so just go and attack, you know. And mm. um, and I've always sort of lived by that now, that it's just like never have – never be worried about what people think because they're actually not thinking about you. The moment they bag you, whatever, their life's gone on. Mm. And, and so many people get held down to ransom to people's comments when they're just, they might be potting everyone, you know? And yeah. They, mm. might, they might be the ones you need to cuddle. Yeah. It's like after you have a big night and you're laying in bed and you're yeah. anxious about the conversations oh. you had. But it's funny because everyone's laying in bed yeah. thinking about the conversations they had. You know oh. what I mean? Like the things that they said. No one's thinking about what anyone else no, said. No, one, no one remembers what you said. 100%. Yeah. Well, you hope like, they don't, don't no, you? No, that's true. Or you're checking your phone. Oh, yeah. did I message them? Oh, yeah. shit. Oh, you know? Jesus. We, um, so, like sometimes when we were um, you know, late at night when we were living in Bathurst together, we'd get up like great calls that yeah. we love. Greg Myers got a good one with Lonroe, I think, when yeah. it was like the 2004 Australian Cup, something yep. like that. Dennis Cometti with the 4x100. Like, yeah. is there any of those that stand out for you most? Yeah, I, if, you, if you look up the Black Caviar, I just love Greg Miles, you know. And if you look up Black Caviar's 25 wins, he says, uh, yeah, so he's running out of things to say for this great horse. Just keeps winning mm. and winning in the same fashion by an absolute postcode. But this one particular race in my hair stand up, Mooney Valley... He says, have a look at this brutal power wrapped in an elegant machine. Wow. And I just love that call. And other calls like, you know, American, American, you've got to have something on the finish line. American, American is coming away. An American, named American, but it's actually a French horse. American coming away, coming away as it hits the line, Trabian. <laughs> yeah. You know, like stuff like, like that. that. Yeah. yeah. Do you go into calls with things nah. prepared? Never. Nah. No. Oh, what if there was like something momentous was coming up, like a milestone of sorts that you could probably speak to? Yeah, uh, probably should. I, I, I never have, but in saying that, I've never had the, the real big stage. Like Rabs, for example, very, very sad that passing a Paul Green, you mm. know, recently. And when you watch that grand final, for Rabs to nail that moment, and, and not just the moment of the field goal, but... It's hit the steelworks. What else could this grand final provide? And when Thurston kicks the field goal and he says... Um, a champion becomes a, a, a legend. No, that, that, that's like Greg Miles, but he says... A that was... A, yeah, a captain to a legend and probably rugby league immortality. Oh, no, that's right. yeah. that's so right. nail that at the time. Yeah. It's... It's bloody huge, right? Yes. Um, yes. It was special. Oh. Timmy becomes a legend is when Maccabi Devo yes, yes, won yes. three in a row. Yeah. Correct. Yeah. Uh, have you called horses, or is it is it just is it just footy that you've called? No, I've never called. I've never called horses. I, I don't know if I'll have the opportunity to. 
Um, I'm just so far down the pitch doing what we're doing. Yeah. But it... Was it ever something you were looking into or oh, is it just always the footy? No, more so. More oh, okay. so than footy, yeah. Yeah, right. And I, again, I don't know. My parents never really punted or anything like that. But I just find it so fascinating what they do, you know, and it's... I don't know. It's like I'm very excited now. The weather's back. For me, it's the best time of year. Spring's just about upon us. Mm. And I haven't – I've lost a bit of love for racing, but not when it comes to the big races, you know. And mm. Melbourne Cup Day, I get way too consumed. It's a favourite day in my <laughs> world. Um, I can't wait till my youngest is 18. I've got four kids. We're going to all go down to the Melbourne Cup. Yeah. Um, yeah, but the answer, I have never – No, called. you haven't. Yeah. Do you think you'd be able to? Yeah. Oh, not a problem. Yeah. Would I be very good at it? Um, I don't know. I, I, it would take time. But no problem identifying the colours. And I've done it a million times myself. Or, yeah. So I don't have a problem with any of that. But oh, you know what? When we're retired, I'd, I'd love to have a crack just for 10 years or something. Mm. It's a hard seat to get into, though. It's not a seat right. that moves too often. Okay. Yeah. What's the best advice you've been given when it comes to calling? Uh, I... So Hadley gave him my first opportunity to call NRL game, but it was only half a game. He did this thing called a um, dual call. Now, the best advice he's probably given me is there's a few things, you know, like radio-wise, give him the score. Just keep giving the score. You cannot give the score too much. And, and you, I get frustrated now when you get into a car and you just want to hear the score. Yeah, you, you definitely. Know, you're not really 100%. consumed about the big theatrics and the stories. And Just give me the score, right? Yep. Um, so Hadley's big on that. And I love that. Um, Hadley would also say, paint the picture as if you're speaking to a, a blind person, which he got from John Brennan. So that's another thing, you know, you know, where are they on the field? Who's got the ball? Don't always assume that just because you know all the players' names, uh, Ola Kawatu for Manly, he's got it 20 metres out. So not everyone knows Ola Kawatu, and I know you blokes are mad Manly mm. supporters, but not everyone knows that Sipley's a Manly player or whatever. So say who's got the ball. But Rab's... Um, so Hadley's given me a chance to call my first ever NRL game, which is half a game of dual call. And I'm at Brookvale, and there's a little bathroom halfway down the stairs, you know, for where the media sort of share one bathroom. One of the great shitholes in the Manly <laughs> yeah. City's media. Yeah. Yes. <laughs> one of the great dunnies? Yeah. Oh, well, no, the dunnies are probably nicer than the country boxes. <laughs> yeah. so, so I'm there to call half a game. Manly, and I can't even remember who. Newcastle might have been another team. And... I've come back from the bathroom as Rabs is. Now, because I'm doing a dual call, I'm only calling the second half of that game. So what's going to happen is Hadley's calling the first game for its entirety, and then they'll cross to me if it's a decent game for the second half. So I'm needing it to be a decent game. And I run into Rabs, and Rabs says, mate, I heard you get your first call today. Uh, congratulations. I said, oh, mate, well, I got you any advice? He said, yes, mate. He said, uh, be governed by the crowd. If the crowd's up, you're up. <laughs> If they're not, don't be a lunatic. <laughs> and, and I said, anything else? And he said, it always helps to be in the box when the game starts, champion. And because the game's about to start in 60 seconds' time. But for me, I don't need to be there for another hour or so, you know. Oh, right. He's like, <laughs> yeah, so if they're up, you're up. If they're not, don't be a lunatic, Rab said. Uh, He's great, Rabs. Yeah. He's awesome. Well, look, nice advice by the great. Isn't it? Now, now you're also so obviously you've got the comedy side of things, but you, uh, you, know, you guys, you host the, the run home with you and Fletch. Yeah. In that space, you need to be able to have an opinion as well as, you know. Yeah. How does how do you go about, I guess, walking the balance of giving your opinion, not wanting to be too harsh or not harsh enough? How do you find that whole experience? It, it is uncomfortable at times because quite often you know a lot of people. And I, I've probably been a bit harsh on the Tigers this year. But 
the older you Why get. Why is that? <laughs> the, the older you get and further removed from play, I, I find, players find it very hard because they know so many people. And mm. so I've just got to an age, I suppose, where I just want to say what I think. Yeah. You know, and speaking about Bears yet, I know he was in here. He, he is such a talent. Yeah. You know, and for radio, he's loving the radio. And what we've decided to do, and I was telling you boys before this, we literally get on air and occasionally Fletch will say, oh, Brooksy, let's set this up or let's set this up. And he does a lot more of that stuff than me because that's what he's bloody good at, you know, and such a funny bugger. But for me, I'll literally get on generally three minutes before we start to look at the rundown that they've presented. And the reason we've done that, when we first got together at SEN, um, all the photos, you know, Matty Johns and Vossi and Jimmy Smith and, you know, Matty White and all these, we've all got very different shows. And Fletch and I just ducked off and had about four schooners at the pub. And we're having our, probably our second or third schooner. And I said, this is what our show needs to be. AM Radio for Sport has been copy-paste, you know, like thousand interviews, which a lot are as boring as batshit, mm. right? Wallpaper, you know? Yeah. Um, a thousand interviews, um, come up with a contrived topic and then people want to... And then it's been the copy-paste job. And I said, Fletch, let's just... And because he's such a talent, let's just try and blank camp. Look, look when you go to a pub, you don't have a four-hour setup, you know, as to what you're going to talk about. Let's just get in here and talk. Yeah. Let the conversation goes where it goes. The listeners chime in the back line and let's just go. And mm. And... It just seems to work better for us, I think, and we're yeah. slowly but surely getting there. But makes it easy. He, he's just so it, so fun to work. He's with. very funny. It sounds like that's sort of the approach we definitely have in the yeah. podcast world, right? It's exactly it's, the same. Where yeah. it seems like if you were to go over the things you want to talk about before you then talk about it on radio, it's like the real reactions have already been had, yeah. and it's not fresh anymore. So it's like just to be able to go in there, know what you're going to talk about, and know that you've got your opinions, and Fletch will have his, but then just be able to sort of let it rip certainly lends itself to a more, I think, an authentic conversation yeah. as well as just like for the listener well sometimes tom and i won't even talk to each other we'll just come in and we'll just go we'll save it just yeah. save it. yeah the podcast has ruined our friendship we <laughs> don't speak outside of it we just come in here yeah. and talk about it we can't see each other on weekends and then go because we've talked and then because we've talked for three hours there's there's not much else to talk about <laughs> no. so we just sort of walk around in silence yeah, play pool play pool <laughs> nice shot mate you know what i mean um but yeah fletch it must be fun working with someone like like fletch who even though he is, like, everyone knows he's funny, I almost don't think he's given enough credit for how funny he is. Like, he just seems to be, like, naturally yep. just hilarious. Yep. And you know what he is, too? He's actually, he's a fucking great bloke. Mm. He's a seriously champion bloke. He, he's just, I don't know, like, I had probably apprehensions, and he shared the Shervo story on your podcast, you know, and I thought, geez, this is an unusual matchup, Fletch and I. But I've, I've decided, you know what, I'm going to be the chameleon here, and the strength of this show is not me. He's the strength of this show. So I'm going to play my part to get the best out of him, mm. you know, and and the more the spotlight's on him, I'm just pulling it all together and we're going here and we're going there and I'll stoke the fire here. But at the end of the day, he's the show, in my opinion. Mm. Uh, I, th I agree with that in part, but I think that, for him to be able to be who he, like, the best version of himself, there needs to be someone who plays it a little bit straighter. And not even straight, because you can also have a laugh as well, but, like, if for someone who maybe wasn't prepared to 
play that role or at least was it wasn't even maybe perceptive enough to see that it was necessary to have that to make yeah. the show the best thing that it was then it could have it could be a shit show yeah so i actually think that you're being a little harsh on yourself there if maybe but but i, I got he's been great for me to to look at it differently like i i can be an analytical type and go to that but but it's i've sort of learned it's fucking boring you know like it's um by the time we come on all the heavy stuff's been spoken of. If you don't know the news, and if you're a, a devotee to SEN, if you don't know the big news by the time we've come on, then you're just, where have you been? You yeah, know? Where have you, what are you doing? Yeah. You've been sleeping all day. Yeah. yeah. So I'd, I'd rather know about, I'd love, rather know about his day or it just pub. Punters and dribblers, we are brought to you by Neds, the best betting platform in town. Um, Tell you what, if you've been following along on my profile, because obviously I've been overseas, so I've just been whacking up my bets for about even on the Neds profiles app, you'd see some... I, th- I seem to bet better when I'm not around people and I'm just able to eyeball the talent on game day, see what's happening. It's when I'm able to be as, as, as gifted as I think I am. So basically what you're saying is it's a lot harder to bet almost a week in advance. That is games. what I'm saying, yes. Yeah. Yeah. You know, for example... You could say it's also a 24 hours before a game, though, right? No, because if you're putting your bets in on Wednesday morning and there's a game Sunday night... There's also a game on Thursday. Yeah, but that, I'm not talking about that one. Right. I'm talking about the other games where maybe, you know, Nathan Cleary doesn't play yep. or Hines doesn't play. Yep. Well, Nathan Cleary did play, but Hines doesn't play. You'd, yeah. You get caught out. You do get caught out. You know? You, you do. You get caught out. If you follow on my prof, is what I'm saying, is daddy... They are calling me daddy value, and I didn't come up with that either. It's embarrassing. How many bets you get on the weekend? Two. I got three. <laughs> well, <sighs> but you're not a dad, so they can't call you daddy value. Dad of a dog. Well, you, they could call you doggy style value. Doggy value. I don't know. It doesn't really have the same ring to Why? it as daddy value. You're being pettist. Well, it's not pettist. You aren't a father. I'm father of a dog. No, you're not a and father tonka. of a dog. No. Yeah. No. Yeah. Shout out to Neds. We love you. Shout out to Neds. Uh, you can follow our profiles on Neds. You can also join the About Even group um, where, the you know, everyone's sharing their bets in there and shit. I actually followed one of Gurus yesterday, uh, which was a Joey Manu away. Yeah, it didn't get up. No, it didn't. He was very lucky that his unit scooper got up. See, I've got a bone of contention there because if that was me, there's no way I'm getting given those nine units. No, but he's, no, but he's got it on and the bet stands. Yes. So it's live. The bet's right. live. Well, I'm just saying, I don't know that I would be afforded. This is what Tobler and I were discussing anyway in the green room. I know this is still a live read. This is a bone of contention. I don't think that I would be afforded the same graces where apparently I'm not getting... So fucking, you think the bet's void altogether? Well, I'm saying you have been robbing me of units even though all my bets were going up last week. Were no, you? we robbed you of two bets. Two. Right. You didn't put one up for the Titans game or whatever it was and you didn't do a unit scooper. That was all you robbed But for. I did the bets. I no, just you didn't. didn't. You didn't put them up. They went on your profile. They, they went, went on there. my profile? No. Well, I'm gonna, I'm, I'll show you. There was one game where there was no profile bet. There wasn't. I went through it last week. You didn't do, you didn't do two bets, and you lost fucking well, two Tobler units, told and that's me, it. Tobler told me I, none of my, all my bets are void because they're not online. One of them. Okay, so Tobler so, doesn't even listen. You're right. So that's the problem. That's the problem. We've, we've now uncovered that. You didn't do a unit scooper last week. That was void, so you lost a unit. Yep. And then there was one other bet out of eight. Okay, well, so Tobler's lying. Then. Yes. Tobler's lying to you and I. Correct. Well, he's lying on your behalf. Shocking. Thanks, Neds. Cheers, Nads. Fuck you, Tobler. Now, you win some, you lose more. For free and confidential support, visit gamblinghelponline.org.au. Punters and dribblers, 
It's the most generous podcasters of all here, Tom and Eddie. Here to look after the punter and the dribbler, dribbler and their drinking needs. Mm. It's still rosé drinking season, we know that. It's worth having a couple of bottles laying around. Yeah, I don't expect you to drink it in the driving rain, but I just went outside and the sun's out, baby. Oh, really? Sun's out, bum's out again, and it's fucking hot out there. I'll be losing the jacket, Tom. Mm. I can promise you that. So you need a couple of cases laying around your digs. You just do. Well, it's certainly when you've got guests, you're entertaining. Hey, come round. A couple of Sheila's come round. You want to be able to crack a bottle yeah. and impress? Yeah. Of course you do. Now, you're going to get 50 bucks off each case if you use the code MANLY. That's a gift from Tom and I at hellosport.shop. Six bottles. You're getting $50 off Shop. You're welcome. You're welcome. You're welcome. Be prepared. Yeah. And if you're not prepared, you're prepared to fail. It's not the saying, but it's all right. Fail to prepare, prepare to fail. Got it. Hellosport.shop. Yeah, you know you're now the f- one of the. I mean, I'd say you're the face of sports bet as far as. I would, yeah. Definitely. Like, I mean, I think that's fair to say. How'd that whole role start? And it feels like it was something that has grown for you, or that like you've grown into. You yeah. know, how'd that how'd that come about? How that started was I went to a, a function. I was just a, an ex-player and went to a function. Matty Tripp, who was then the owner of Sports Bet, mm-hmm. he was at a luncheon and. They had bought an asset. Remember One HD, Channel Ten, sort yes. of. Yeah, 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 yeah. yeah. yeah, yeah. Sports channel. Sport? Y- yes, was it their sports channel. And then it was like, and then it was like half sport, and then it went <laughs> then <laughs> then half nothing. Now, <laughs> now maybe it's like ten peach. Which yeah. just has our neighbours around. So they had bought a, an asset there. Which, when I say that, they bought a spot there mm. as sports bet. So they needed somebody, a talking head, to go there and promote that. And they hadn't had anyone. And I'd met these guys at this luncheon, and then out of the blue, they said, "Look." I was telling a few stories at the luncheon and they said, can you go and do that? So that started then. And then that was sort of just going quiet for a while. And I'll never forget Barney Evans, who's now the CEO at Sportsbet. Sportsbet up until that point was a very um, a very Melbourne, Victorian sort of centric business because that's where you know everyone lived and up there, Kazali's the number one sport down there. Yeah. And, you know, it was just... And Barney Evans, who's now the CEO, and I just rate the bloke so high, he's... Highly's great bloke and very, very good at and sharp at his job. He comes up to Sydney just to come and catch up with the Sydney staff and he's having coffees and luncheons and he says, oh, let's go for a coffee. So we go for a coffee at George Gregan's, I don't know if it's still there, but Pitt Street Mall and, and we're talking about things and what are your views? And I said, I think we're very Melbourne-centric and, you know, the population of Victoria and you know compared to New South Wales and Queensland, I think there's bigger opportunity for growth in New South Wales and Queensland. So we sit down, having a coffee, and I hand him the paper. And I said, just start from the back and tell me when you hit an AFL article. And fortunately for me, it was just one of those record-breaking days where it was just an NRL-a-thon, you know. <laughs> Every page was NRL, NRL, NRL. And so he said, no, say no more. I know what needs to be done. So within about a year or two, next thing you know, sports better putting their hand up to get the rights for the NRL. Mm. And... What had happened, I don't know if you remember, but it was quite turbulent around Tommy Waterhouse at the time. Is this when he was doing all the like... He was like walking onto the, the field in all of his ads yeah. and shit. And it yeah. Was, yeah. Is that what you're referring to? That's yes. Sort of yeah. And I think part of that was, it is the Australian way, tall poppiness, you know. Yes. Like a lot of the Aussies can't really relate to being Tom Waterhouse. So there was this real issue around, okay, where's all this placed? So I thought to myself and, and the marketing team, I said, well, Let's just scale it right back, you know, no suits and ties and we slowly got away from that. 
no auto cues, just – and no other sport. Like, people are watching sports. So let's try and steer away from before a game talking about horse racing or talking about – let's just go real rugby league, real knockabout, don't have to be perfect, no script, let's just go. And then all of a sudden it went quiet. So he was getting smashed all the time. So I think the NRL may have been relieved that the noise around all this sort of went a bit quiet. But that's basically how, how that all started. So, and then, like, I mean, what's like, what would your role be at, at Sportsbet? What's, do you have, like, a title? Oh, I'd be like a brand ambassador, I suppose, okay. yeah. Because it seems like you're quite heavily involved then in the decision, quite a successful decision. Well, I wouldn't say I was heavily involved. I, I was an idea, and, and then they That probably... newspaper thing sounds like a pretty... <laughs> yeah, yeah, well, I reckon that's pretty bloody cluey. Yeah. And so how many, like, are you a sort of a one-take operator, do you reckon? You come uh, in, rip through it, nail it. I'd say so, yeah. I'd, I'd say so. I, yeah, Mostly, I, th- I think it's better to be imperfect and just yeah. get it done, and, and it's more real, I think. Yeah. Mm. So, yes, maybe a one-take wonder, but not perfect, you know what I mean? Yeah. <laughs> have you had any hair? Have you had any hairy moments either commentating or like or doing the sports bet thing where like something's gone wrong? Uh, the answer would be yes, but I'm just trying to – I'll have to come back to you on that. Okay, it no, definitely right. would be yes. It would be. Yeah. Well, let's move to your footy career then. You were, when you were younger, you spoke about how you were, you know, the commentary almost was the main thing. How early were you identified as a talent? How early did, did you know you were good at footy? What was your, what's your earliest experiences with, with rugby league? Mm. So my very first grand final was, as I said, we went to so many towns, was playing for the Penrith Waratahs. So we just lived just around the corner from Panther Stadium. And again, like my parents weren't into rugby league at all, but I fell in love with it. I don't know why. And it yeah, started there, first grand final against Mount Druitt, and then just away we went. But I, I was always a try scorer from the get-go, from the absolute get-go. But, yeah, I just, just love – I was sick for it. Like, I'd be – every single day, I would be down the park with a ball, kicking the ball every single day. Did you have any? Well, you, you had a brother who played as well, right? Two, two other brothers two, played. Who first both grade, played yeah. first grade. Yeah. So, and you were the oldest. Usually, they say it's like the youngest of the brothers who's like the best because yeah. which which is was true. Oh, is it really? Yeah. So who? I mean, forgive me. I don't. I'm not a, across your your brothers. I know. That I knew one played for Canola. I didn't know that two of them did. Yeah. I'll t- t- so I talked story on both of them. Both of them were far better than me. Tony was this kid who didn't make many rep teams. He was the player of the tournament at a New South Wales car, I've never made the side. You know, like, he was just a grafting player. Mm. Everything was in front of him. And this is a good story for Nathan Brown, the coach. So what had happened was, Tony had about eight clubs after him at the age of 18. He was probably the most sought-after 18-year-old at the time, yeah. Wow. And Bit of a prodigy. He, yeah, at the time. Mm. And what had happened was, he hadn't yet debuted in first grade. So all these clubs are clamouring around. And... Nathan Brown had done a handshake deal with him to sign at the Dragons, and it was big coin for a kid. Mm. So the drag, the Sharks, where he was at, wanted to debut him on that weekend to then sign him the next week, not knowing he'd done a handshake deal with Nathan Brown. Mm. But he he's obviously doesn't want to share it because he wants to play this debut. They play, I forget who they're playing, but Kobe and I are living over France at the time, and he comes onto the field in the 54th minute, which I'll never forget, and the only way we can see the game, we're watching the live stats on the NRL. Oh. So we see zero tackle, zero runs, 54-minute, one run, Tony Kane. One tackle, Tony Kane. Two, two runs, two tackles. And then it stops. And I'm thinking the whole thing's frozen, but then all the other stats are moving. 
So you'd probably have to YouTube this, but he comes on and there's the red 40-metre stripe in front of him. At the time, Brett Kamali is the incumbent halfback screaming for the ball. And Tony in his head's got one voice, give it to the Australian halfback. The other voice is saying, how good would a 40-20 be on debut? <laughs> so he steps out from dummy half, absolutely slams the ball. But Steve Price, who's the front row at the Warriors, dives into his oh, knee, I know and his photo. foot his foot keeps coming up oh, towards his knee. Right? Is that your brother? I didn't yeah, know that was that, that was that was four minutes. And my hair stand up again. Four minutes into his debut, right? Yeah, there's a photo. You can yeah, see I know. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So it's one of the it's yeah. one of the most terrific knee injuries. So they said it was a whole back page in the paper. Danny Badiris knew he was coming through to be the next Danny Badiris, so to speak. He's reached out to him. So anyway, the all those eight clubs just desert him, right? But he's done a handshake deal with Nathan Brown, so this is going to test out the Dragons. Doctors are saying this kid will never play again. It was that bad. Everything was shot. But he's such a resilient, tough bugger. He would be on the wall on a Swiss ball all day, right? And Nathan Brown sends a contract to him. Handshake's a handshake, right? So the contract, despite being told he'll probably never play comes through so he wants to pay him back and will not get off this Swiss ball round one that next year against the uh, Titans he's the number nine the following year following year wow plays the whole year and then this is now a 19 year old on a mega contract right and we grew up on reduced quick sale like we we're a family who never had anything it was always a fucking scrap mm. always right it was a chaotic upbringing so he's got this opportunity to he could literally retire and get that money Nathan Brown is under the pump, right? So he walks in as a 19-year-old to Nathan Brown's office and says, Brownie, rips up the contract. Mate, uh, I can't give any more. It's, my knee's completely shot. I've done all I can for a whole year. Go and, um, go and pay it on someone else to help you out, you know, in a position you need. So he walked away from a massive contract, wow. ripped it up, didn't take a cent, so that Nathan Brown could have a better chance the following year. But knowing that Nathan Brown didn't have to come through on the handshake, which he did. Yeah. But later on, you know, years down the track, I was at the pub one day and um, having a beer with Ricky Stewart. Ricky Stewart's coaching at the Sharks. Mate, how's TC, Tane going, blah, 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 blah. I said, oh, mate, he's back training, blah, blah, blah. And then two weeks later, from nowhere, he's playing, uh, starting hooker for, for the Sharks under Ricky Stewart. And then again to Ricky, he says, oh, Rick, I'm shot, you know. And So he never got to where he should have. Yeah. But... Rats ass, it's it's life and plays on. Yeah. Jess, the other one. So Jess came through the Sharks as well. And he's one of those kids who, he came through with Sonny B. Williams. And never in his life did his name not get called out for a team. He was just that gifted, you know. Like, whatever team you could go to the highest, mm. his whole life he made every team. And I remember one day where, and, and I'm very proud of both of them because life is not all about rugby league. And I remember one day, he made the Australian schoolboys team. And it was the tour, England and France. So that's the rare year you want to make it. How old is he at the time? So school, Australian schoolboys, school he's eight, 18, 17, 18, 18, 18, 18, right? Yeah. And they read him out. Number three, Jess came. And we're all, as a family, like pumped, you know? And he goes, fuck. I said, mate, that was you. <laughs> he goes, yeah. He goes, all my mates are going on a uh, cruise, uh, schoolies cruise ship. He goes, I just want to do that. And at the time, I didn't appreciate it, you know. And So then he goes to the Australian schoolboys and he actually, he just wanted to have a good time, you know. And he, he was, Liam Fulton and all those blokes were over there and 
he actually got in trouble over there because they thought he was thieving something. He's the most last person to ever thieve. And he, he come home drunk and he comes into this dorm and he's actually gone into the wrong dorm and fell asleep in this someone else's who's not even part of the team. And then they thought he was in there stealing stuff. And there was this whole bloody investigation, which is the furthest thing from him. But anyway, he comes back, plays first grade at 18, prodigy coming through. And his debut game is they're playing a Saturday or maybe a Saturday. It would have been a Saturday against the all-conquering Melbourne Storm, Smith, Cronk, Slater, all that. That's his debut game, right? Mm. But on the Thursday night, Russell Crowe calls for this um, uh, get-together session. And this is the famous session where they're all gone out to five in the morning, pole-axed. Fletcher's in that side and he's bloody (laughs) cutting Russell Crowe in half. So he actually wakes up in his car on the Friday, pole-axed at about lunchtime in a car in Redfern, right? The next day playing his debut. So then I remember the next week, I'm driving him to the game and we're late for the team meeting. And I'm now going over curbs and, you know, trying to get him there on time. And he's got the shits. I said, sorry, mate, I'm trying to get you there as fast as I can get you there. He said, no, I haven't got the shits at you. He said, I don't want to play. I said, what do you mean? He said, I've got my mates going who are going to be in the stands on the piss. He said, I just want to be with them. You know, I don't want to be the player. And they'd all love to be doing him what he's doing. And he said, I'm going to quit at the end of the year. So he's 18 or 19, plays four first grade games. But his last game is against the Sharks where he came through the ranks. And for whatever reason, he wanted to jam them. So his very last game... And he said, no one knows this. This is going to be the last game. I want to carve the Sharks up and quit. He scored two tries, got man of the match, and never came back to rugby league ever again. Just wow. goes on the plane. I'm out. No interest and no regrets about doing it. So you're comfortable with the decision now? Very comfortable. And, and I'm, I'm proud of him for doing that. A lot of players push on for other people. It's, it's a bloody hard game. Yeah. It's a brutal, brutal game. You, you need to be 100% into it. Yeah. But to, be, to, have that pre- to have that presence of mind at such a young age, to be yeah. able to sort of to call it, that's quite a mature decision. Usually you hear of 18-year-olds like yeah. distraught because they couldn't make it or they had to retire, just being able to call it that early. Were you playing still when he was calling it or did you? where were you at? Uh, I, I would have been playing probably in France or England or overseas, certainly not against him. I never played against him. Yeah. But, but Chanel Harris-Tavita's doing it. Yeah. yeah. And, yeah, and, yeah. and I, people are sort of going, why would you throw that money away? Why would you? You can't judge someone on a tear in their shoes. Mm. And, and it's not a sport that you can do half-hearted that if you're not into it – and mate, I was sort of 50-50 whether Chanel should have kept playing if he's already sort of put it out there. But maybe in his head he's got, hey, I can get six more weeks out of it. or So yeah, I, I think it's very noble. Seriously noble. Like yeah. you just I, – I didn't even really think that that was a thing that people did, to be honest. No. But now you go hearing stories like that. Really good story. Um, there was oh, – there's a st- – podcast called The Bust and it's about this guy somebody Leaf um, forget his name but he won the attacking player nationally of the year and there was a guy who won the defensive player of the year who came out and played four or five seasons in the NFL mm. had a bumper deal in front of him and then the Twin Towers had just happened had been knocked down yep. and I don't know this guy's name I could find out but this offensive guy uh, defensive guy rather he decided to run away from the NFL to go and serve his Ryan country. Ryan Leaf, we've got Dave. Ryan Sims. Leaf. Ryan Leaf. Ryan Leaf. So he Dave. was the offensive guy, right, who they call him the biggest bust in NFL history as far as a draft pick goes. 
very sad story. It's worth listening to. But this other guy just quit, ran away from mega dollars on the back of September 11 to go and represent his country. Are you swag? Wow. Yeah. Did he not also? Did he? Did he die over there? Is he, he, di- he, he died in Afghanistan. Yeah, yeah, yes. yeah, yeah, yeah. He, and he died, died in Afghanistan. You're 100 yeah. right. Yeah. Yeah. Wow. Yeah. Apologies, I don't happened. know his name. Yeah. Good lord. Yeah. No, I remember saying I've got the guy's like face in my mind. Yeah. That's a wild yarn. That is yeah. a wild yeah. yarn. Good lord. So you played for the Dragons, a team that got to be quite upfront here. We hate at Hello Sport. <laughs> yeah. uh, well, and they're DMC. Dirty yeah. Merger Club. Club. Oh, yeah. So, yeah, yeah. Tigers as well. Tigers obviously. also. Yeah, DMC, yeah. But you were at a club as – like you were at the Tigers as they went from being Balmain to being yes. West. What was that experience like? Was it was it tumultuous? Uh, do you know my story to get to the Dragons first? Yeah, yeah. go. Oh, you know, do you know the story? No, no, no. Okay, you'll like this story then. Um, so I was the captain of the Group 3 Under-16s team. Now, for context, this is a representative team which has Taree, Port Macquarie, Warhope. It wasn't a very powerful group team. So we'd play Group 1 who had Lismore and we'd get pumped. We were a shitty little group team. Mm. And there was a kid on the bench who was sort of the backup half, if you like, right? And him and I get opportunity to go down to Cogra for an open trial for the Dragons. And I later learned that this kid froths on the Dragons, this kid from Taree. It's... He loves the Dragons, wants to play for the Dragons. I like the Dragons. I was just desperate to play. Mm. So we get down there at this open trial, mishmashy short socks, and I just cracked under pressure. I wanted it too badly, and I played really, really bad, right? My mate from Taree has a fucking blinder. Kills it, Mm. right? He's the best player there. Anyway, as I'm leaving, I'll never forget this. I haven't yet hit the road leaving Cogra, and I get a call. We'd love to sign you for two years. And I was so relieved. I was so relieved because I'd played so badly, right? Mm. So that means that I'm going to move down in October, live with a family who I don't know, and away we go. So I come down and they've rolled out the red carpet, expecting to see my mate there who's not there, right? I later find out he signs with another club. That's fair enough. So roll out the red carpet. And over time, this red carpet's getting shorter and shorter and shorter and shorter to the point where it's January now. I've been there since October. They pull me aside, Maxie, the late Maxie Ninnis, and they go, um, are you homesick at all? I said, no way. I'm loving this, absolutely loving it. They go, we're just, if we're brutally frank, we're actually thinking about sending you home. And I was like gutted, right? So they said, we're going to take you through these tapes tonight. And just get some feedback. So they, they take us back to the trial and they play the trial tapes, right? And they press play. What do you make of this run? Oh, it's great, you know. And they go through every sort of pass, tackle, tick, 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 tick. Outstanding. Mm. And after about half an hour showing me all this tape, they said, uh, so you're not homesick? I said, not homesick. I love it. They said, well, how do we get you back to that? We want the boy we saw. How do we get you back to that? I said, that? They said, yeah, how do we, we need you to get back to that before this competition starts. I said, well, that's impossible. I said, why? I said, well, you've just shown me half an hour of a tape, my mate from Taree. <laughs> right? <laughs> yeah. Oh they God. said, what? I said, you've just shown me half an hour of a tape from my mate from Taree. <laughs> I said, who the fuck's that? I said, he's signed at the Knights, you know. And this is a kid who only wants Did to play the, the Dragons. Same? Well, we're short. At, at, you probably could tell now and even looking back at the time, little blokes, 
browny hair, mishmash trial. They said, well, who the fuck's this? <laughs> and I said, oh, me mate from Tariq called Danny Badiris. Right? Oh, you're kidding. Yeah. True story. So they'd signed him and then they said, right, well, then fucking how do we fix you? I said, well, I said, I'm not a hooker for starters. Right? They said, so then they put me to fullback and away it went. Wow. Oh, my yeah. God. And then later it turns out that he only wanted to play for the Dragons, Danny Badiris, gets a last-minute trial to go to the Knights, and then the rest is history. There you go. You've got to be kidding. But you know what? Sliding doors, he, he was a bit of a 5'8", so Knights really made him into a, a, a dummy half. If he doesn't go there, he's stuck in behind Nathan Brown and, and those types. Do we ever see the Danny Badiris that we ultimately saw? You know? Isn't that wild? Yeah. That's a wild yeah, That's wild, so yeah. funny, though. Yeah. Like, just how... <laughs> no, you're fucking Danny Veneer. Stop me. That's crazy. So and the Tigers, then. Yeah, yeah, then you go to the Tigers. Yeah, so the Tigers, uh, I went there to Balmain, yep. and I was nominee for Rookie of the Year. So not the Rookie of the Year, but I had a good season. And so now I'm negotiating with the Tigers about going there, and they've got 25 spots. So are you Rookie of the Year almost no, for no, the Dragons? No, no. 1998, they're merging. Okay, Luke you, Patton's coming through. Blacklock's there. Dean Raper's there. Lee Murphy's there. It's unlikely I'm going to get a start. So I go, okay, I'm going to back myself. Steve Price, who is now, who became the coach later on, he's now the assistant at the Sharks. Him and I go together to the Tigers, Balmain Tigers, and have a good year, you know, rookie of the year nominee. So in that sort of four or five bunch. So I'm assuming, and the only reason I bring that up, I'm assuming now I'm a late Amazair for the squad next year. Mm. But then the merger is presented to me again. I'm thinking, well, I've had a good year. I can't keep running away from these situations. I'm going to take it on. So it comes down to the spot where they haven't offered me a contract. There's 25 spots. And if you ever get the chance to go through the exercise of the West Tigers' first ever squad, you can't possibly get a more motley crew. You physically can't. It, it is a... In a mortal motley crew team, right? I'm sure, Dave will be trying to get. Oh, that mate, honestly, I'll, I'll let you yeah, say that, yeah, mate. Yeah, it it yeah, is yeah. world class. So there's 24 of the 25, and I was on sixty thousand dollars in X amount per game the year before. So I've said to them, as being a nominee for rookie of the year, just give me an extra 20, 80 and eighty, mm. right? Martin Bullock, the then CEO, they said, nah, if we're brutally honest, mate, yes, you played a great year last year." Different kettle of fish, you know. Different. Are you grade. managing yourself? No, but I was having a big Steve Gillis, but I was having a big say in yeah. how we should go about it, and just because I f- passionately felt I deserved it. Yeah. So I just wanted eighty and eighty, right? That's it. No, but no bonuses. Eighty and eighty, and they said, "Look, if we're brutally honest, you got to go backwards, go forwards. We've signed all these big players. Matt Sears is going to be, you know, playing for Origin. So we've got him and all these other players, and so they said, how about?" We give you 60 and 60, right? But you're backing yourself thinking you're going to play the whole year. We think you're going to play three games this year, three games the next year, and then the third season will be you on your way. You'll only be 22 by then. I said, okay, well, what's that? That's, And they said, well, the sums are 60 and 60 plus a three game. That's 69 plus 78. So you want 80 and 80. We're sort of meeting halfway, right? I said, okay, let's do it, right? So I trained my ass off, absolute, led everything in training. And first trial, I got five minutes. Second trial, I got 20 minutes. Third trial, I got half a game, scored a hat-trick. Fourth trial, I got half a game, scored a hat-trick. Couldn't have done more, but I know I'm not going to get picked in this team. Mm. 
because of the deal they've made with you? No, 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 not relating to the deal. Not relating to the deal, but I just know that they're going to first ever game for the club. They're going to go with what they know, the big stars, the big names. Yeah, particularly for the new West For the new West So they announced the team. Number one, Joel Kane. Oh. My heart just dropped. Haven't yet played a full game. So then my head was off all week. And I was getting, there was a lot of press sort of, who's this bloke? How does he get in front? There was a big back page on Matt Sears getting the spot, uh, not getting the spot, and he was left out oh, of the team shit. altogether. Oh, shit, so the coverage around uh, you, yeah, that was, yep. damn. But it was a, a gift for me because when I was going to the game, I had been so nervous all week, I remember picking up Mick Gillette, and I said, mate, I'm going to fucking brain it today. I've been so nervous all week, I know this is my time to shine. And we played the Broncos, first ever Tigers uh, game. They go on to be the Premiers that yeah, it's year. it's 2000 Broncos, right? There's not a player in their team who hasn't played Origin, right? <laughs> 2000 Broncos. Yeah. I've come out three tries, man of the match, just gone oh. berserk. And all the all the noise went quiet. But back to the contract, circling back on the contract, I wanted 80 and 80. So now they gave me, then they wanted to go, oh, do you want this 80 and 80 straight after that game? I said, no, no, we'll stay the course. So Hopper was on a, a similar deal, John Opawati, because he'd had a few misdemeanors, surprise, surprise. Uh, so he was getting like X amount per game. I don't think he had next to no sign-on. So him and I would be injured each week and we just had to play, you know, mm. we just had to get out there. And as it turned out, I played 50 of the 52 games those next two years. Oh. Yeah, so completely, yeah, it was just the ideal situation. Yeah, perfect yeah. for you. How does that work with when you're a young kid who's stolen Matt Sears' spot, essentially everyone thinks he's going to get it, you swoop in, then have a blinder, play 50 or 52 games. Yeah. Like, What's the relationship like with you and Matt Sears then at the time? Great. Like, is, it, is it great is yeah. it, or is it awkward? You know? No, no, no. It, well, I suppose it's case by case, but he, he's a really good fellow. I know he's found trouble, but there's a really good person in, in Matty Sears, Re- really sort of nice guy. Um, and it's just, it, I later became him, I suppose, where you stop doing the things that, I had a really good year that year, got the point score and all those sorts of things, And but the year finished early, and that became the Olympic year. So a young bloke, you've achieved that, party time, you know, and um, I never, ever got back to the physical condition that I did, and, and my career sort of petered out after that. But Why do you reckon that was? Oh, I just think that, I just I honestly think the Olympic year and such a long layoff was no good for me. And probably thinking, I used to be, I'd never drink back in those days. And and then all of a sudden you're drinking, you know, midweek and whatever else before the game. I remember one time uh, I'd been out for a month and Corey Pearson and I, we'd travel together and it always ended, oh, should we go to the Sylvania for one? We've never once been there for one. <laughs> And I've had six schooners. Before a game? No, no. Well, not oh, before fuck. a game because I don't know I'm playing. Oh, right. And Tim Sheens rings me, right? He says, mate, um, I, I was going to be playing that weekend, but it was like on a Sunday. Yeah. Okay. And it, this was a Thursday. Yeah. And I was playing reserve grade, right? So no problem. And I'd had about six schooners. Whereas Corey Pearson could do that and play, not a problem. And pl- get me out of the match. He'd have six schooners. He could. And then take yeah, the yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, he was just that... He could hold it. He was great, you know. <laughs> Steve Georgialis was another bloke who could do it. So, so anyway. Jesus, Chris Six is a lot. <laughs> yeah, yeah. It's not nothing. It's yeah. not nothing. Yeah. It's a lot on board. Yeah, so um, <laughs> I get this call from Tim Sheens. And he says, um, mate, we're bringing you back tomorrow. You're playing tomorrow. Someone's pulled out and you, we need to fast track. I've been out for a month. Haven't played for a month. He says, oh, mate, I've always thought you'd be a good dummy half. I said, sweet. 
So I said, "Piece of shit, I'm playing tomorrow, right? Dummy half. I've never fucking done that in my life." <laughs> so I get out there. I've always thought you'd be a good dummy half. Yeah. Never played dummy yeah. half in my life. So we get out there, and I, I'm putting me socks and shoes on. I know I'm way up, way off the bit here. And Manly, uh, we kick off, and Manly, Desi's too smart. Every single runs at me. Right, just knows. So yeah. you think I've played fullback and wing? I've made six tackles already, or five. That's probably more than I'd make most years, and I've done it in one set. <laughs> so then they kick deep. Winger brings it in. I'm not yet at dummy half. Runs it again. I'm still not yet at dummy half. Third play. Mark O'Neill is physically pushing me to dummy half. Likewise for the fourth play. Fifth play. We kick to the sideline scrum. Get to the scrum. Interchange card is up. Kane's coming off. Oh. So two sets I lasted hookup for the fastest probably replacement in the history of the game. Oh my god! <laughs> oh my god! Yeah. What wow. was that like? Were you were you happy to be off the field? Or oh, you deflated? I was just so embarrassed. Yeah, so so embarrassed. That's tough. Yeah, that's so funny. Like Shanzy, what the fuck? <laughs> what are you doing? Yeah, did you did you question think to question nah. him at all? Just to say when he made the decision to put your half back out. Listen, mate. Nah. where's this come from? Yeah, like. He, Nah. This feels like it's come out of left field. Yeah. Did you feel like you were getting thrown to the wolves a little bit? No, I, I, I believed it. I thought, yeah, I would be, be a good dummy half. <laughs> I'm good. Until I made that second tackle in the first set, I thought, nah, this is not for this me. This is not for me. Nah. When did you go to Super League? Like, when was it? What was the decision, mate? Like, oh, I didn't uh, go to Super League. Really? No. Oh, Dave, you've got bloody Super League in here. Oh, sorry, 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 sorry. No, no, Dave's right. Super League England. Yes. Yeah, 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 yeah. yeah, yeah, oh, yeah, yeah. Sorry. You you're, oh, you're talk, which Super League are you talking about? The Super the League. Super you, you blokes are too young for that. Yeah, oh, ARL, oh, yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah, the, yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> the, the Super, Super League. League. Yeah, 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 the yeah. Super League, no, of no, course. No, no. I was like... 97. Yeah, no, no, yeah, yeah. No, no, London no, Broncos. No. Dave yeah. was about to get murdered. Yeah. <laughs> no, no, Dave's on fire. Yeah, no, uh, Super League, I'm like, we're fucking hang London on, Broncos. Hang on, hang on, hang on. No, I went then, because my form fell off a cliff, and the reason being, major sponsors of the West Tigers were a mob called Radisson, Maine. Pride of Lions, em- Emblem, um, you know, Radisson's a familiar name, Maine's a familiar name, and everyone thought it was this big company. But in the end, they completely fleeced me. These blokes uh, sent me this close to being bankrupt. Like, Radisson, Maine did. Radisson, Maine, major sponsor of the West Tigers. How, yeah. Sorry, how'd that, how'd they, how's that happen? So what happened was Ben Galeer and I were – Tigers had then moved to Concord. And we'd go for lunch up at uh, – uh, Westfields, and there was no real sort of sandwich options or anything like that. And I said to Benny, I said, mate, why don't we put a, a subway in here? He says, yeah, great idea, and the girls can work in it, and away we go. So we went through subway, paid our deposits, was all set to go. And just by chance, that next week after we'd signed the documents with subway, we're at a sponsors event. We get chatting to the sponsors, what are you doing with your money, boys? And, oh, we've just bought this subway franchise at Burwood. They go, oh, that's a good idea. Do you want our legal team to go over the documents for you? We said, oh, yeah, sure, great. So they go through it. The week later, they go, they went through the documents. There's nothing wrong with the boys. You're onto a winner there. And we go, oh, how good is this? And they said, but we could we could do a lot better with your money. So they've sucked us in with saying, it's all good, it's all good, but we can do a lot better. We said, all right. So in the end, they got us to do these buy these houses down in Melbourne, put us on a private plane, down we go, and... I had paid the lot, right? So they refinanced us. This place called Lakey Bank. You know, it was dodgy. I mean, I don't know if it's a dodgy bank, but I'd never heard of them. Mm. Refinanced everything. And I'd paid everything up in advance, right? 
And then um, what happens is I had gone to England and I was having this fight with these guys. They hadn't paid a cent. And Dad's saying, they have not paid a cent. They're sending me copies of checks that they've sent to the builder of $170,000, but they're fraudulent, fictitious ch- checks, right? So I couldn't sleep, and I'm waiting up to mm. two in the morning over there to try and contact them. Yeah, 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 yeah. I haven't thrown them under the bus to ASIC because I'm thinking if I throw them under the bus, I'm not going to get any money back, yeah. you know? Um, and then eventually I hear that they flee Australia. Oh, Are you serious? Yeah. So they, oh. But where they started to get followed was that no... I believe it remains the case. No sponsor to this day, I believe, has ever been the major front sponsor of a jersey for two clubs. They started to say they wanted to sponsor Canberra in addition to the West Tigers, right? But they're taking all these people's money, like widows and, you know, yeah, Olympic right. swimmer Jim Potter. So many people are getting fleeced. And ASIC start to investigate them. And as I said, they go to jail for eight years. Deloitte's later come back and say zero cents in the dollar coming back to you so now i'm under the pump i'm playing overseas for uh, now salford and salford have mucked up big time because turning up to training a former teammate of mine is kevin mcginnis right remember kevin mcginnis mm-hmm. and i said kevin what are you doing here is one of the players leaving because there was a quota system right mm. you can only have x amount of players he said no 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 no, no. i'm i'm irish bros right i said you're irish surname mcginnis right so Kevy starts playing for Salford and he's carving up. And then later on, the English Rugby League board realise Kevin McGuinness, he's Aboriginal through and through, Australian through and through. He's no Irish, and, you know. He's got the Irish surname, but he's not Irish, right? That's what he said. Yeah. So <laughs> Salford have to get rid of somebody immediately, just about immediately. So Sean Rutchison's there, Cliff Beverley's there, Mark Shipway's there. And I say, boys... Are you guys thinking about going? Because they're not going to let Kevin McGuinness go, Salford. He's this new star. So they're asking the boys, who wants to go? And I know they can't go. But I've got to come up with $85,000 immediately. Otherwise, I'm going to go bankrupt to pay this builder again. Right? So I've already coughed up part of it, but I still own $85,000. And you want to get the house built? Well, what's been built, right? and I've paid for it, but none of it's gone to them. So now I've got to pay for it twice. And I said to Dad, look, I'm going to pay them twice and then I'll worry with the rest. But now I'm $85,000 short. I've got to come up with that. Otherwise, I'm going to go bankrupt, sell the house that we live in. Everything's going to go pear-shaped. So Salford agree. We'll let you go. And I've got them sort of over a barrel because they're going to get big fines. But I want to be paid out $85,000 because I've got another year to run. They said, okay, yep, yep, yep. But here's the deal. If we get relegated, all bets off. So we're playing this one game against Castleford. Where are you on the table? Where are you on the table? This is the second last game, right? Second second last game. Whoever loses this game is going to get relegated. Reason being, both of us are playing the top teams the next week. So we're both going to get flogged next week. Not a question. Your whole financial life is fucking on this game. Yes. Reminds me like, uh, I'm gems with Adam Sandler. (laughs) I was like, I'm stressed as fuck hearing this story. I am stressed as fuck, right? (laughs) You always had up. I would have had a heart attack. Oh, mate. And I'm I'm playing fullback in this game and it's rat's ass versus rat's ass, two (laughs) shit teams. And I remember this kick from the sideline, which I did before halftime. I've kicked this goal and it was the ugliest looking kick you've ever seen. The ball's wobbling around slides in just over the post. So we're leading like 24-6 or something, you know. Okay. And we, so we're, I'm, gonna, I'm okay. Yeah. You feeling better? 24-12. Oh. 24-18. Oh. Right? Oh, God. 24-22. Oh, no. 
Do the boys know about your situation? No, oh, probably. Oh, probably. I, I don't remember, but probably. And the last 10 minutes of this game, it's them attacking our line the whole time, right? The whole time. And I look up, and they've got sort of like five on two, and I'm officially now cooked. Shift, shift, shift. We've got no numbers. I'm scrambling across, doing the best I can. Bell's about to go. The winger drops it. The winger drops it. And I just, I, I still remember hitting the ground, <laughs> breathing into the grass, right? At the jungle, the ground was called, the jungle. And I'm just like, oh, fuck. My life has been saved. Like, I know there's worse things that happen, but. But I mean, like, that's a in stressful that moment, situation oh, as well. I did like, a Glenn Lazarus cartwheel, you know, like just, <laughs> yeah. oh, was that fucking happy. Fucking yeah, I'd love to see scooters that. that night. Oh, I want to oh, find the footage shit. of that game and just see the full time. <laughs> just, just to know what yeah. you're going through there. That's wild. Yeah. So, so how does the whole situation resolve then? You just have to go and pay the builder. Well, then I was still under the. I was still at a massive debt. Yeah, but I wasn't bankrupt. So then I could pay the builder, get him off, and, and I end up speaking to the bloke, and he's just a, a father of three doing his best. So it's not his fault. It's no. my fault ultimately. So I wanted to do the right thing, got that sorted, and then, then it was just yeah, scrap away, build again, how start many, again, sort yeah. of thing. How yeah. many people do they rip off? Oh, heaps. Yeah, if you look them up, Radisson made heaps. Mm. So the worst part is, is the, you know, those who got inheritances, you know, like, oh, sorry, um, yeah, I suppose their partners have passed away and they've been paid out life insurance and things like that and these assholes took it, you know, like just con piece jobs. Shit, yeah. Yeah, Did your mate get dragged into it, the one you were going to get the subway with? Oh, uh, but yes, but he, he lost like 70 grand. He never got to the stage of paying out a builder, so he lost like 70 grand. Worst thing is I come back from England, I'm down at Burwood, and I go into the Westfields and obviously Subway did the due diligence to say it's a good idea to put it. Someone else has bought it there and they were fucking 10 deep. Oh. You know, so. Uh. <laughs> Could have been a Subway baron. Yeah. Oh, God. Anyway. That's sliding doors if ever it was. So just like, you know, we appreciate you coming in all your time. I, think, I guess just a bit more of like the current sort of world of sport. How do you see the Tigers as a former Tigers? Yeah. Great yourself. Oh, great. Uh, favourite son. Favourite oh. son. It must be a tough one to be a fan of. Are they, they are your team? Would they yeah, be your team? Yeah, the, the, I think the biggest problem is the loose slips in the place. You know, like yeah. Dylan Edwards the other week pulled out. No one had a clue. Um, Cooper Cronk played in that grand final. No one had a clue. Um, Jake Friend played in that grand final. No one had a clue whether they were playing or they weren't. West Tigers, it just gets out. Everything gets out. Mm. If I'm... I was a cat. Well, Sheen's is coming back, of course, which I, I'm a little bit torn on it. I don't know. Maybe, I, maybe I it is. I feel like I heard you say something because, like, Benji's a mate of yours. Yeah. And I think you were sort of saying that, like, it does seem like a curious decision to I bring think him so. back. I think so. Personally, I do. I, I, I just think maybe we're underestimating the value of those good assistant coaches, you know, like mm. Benji and Robbie, in saying that, they're winners. They'll do all mm. they can. But I, I don't know. I, I, I wish them all. I hope to be proven wrong. If there's one thing I want to be proven wrong. But Sheensy was coaching over in the Super League. Got Lost his job over there. Then went to the second tier. Don't know. I, I just... I don't know. Mm. Yeah. It's, an interesting, it's an interesting place to be. On the loose lips, do you think any of that has to do with the fact that it's essentially two clubs that are one club? Like, is there, yeah. is there, are there sort of conflicting interests there that are constantly... Yeah, yeah. Well, the, the DMGs, uh, DMCs, DMCs, DMCs. DMCs. Yeah. like seriously, 
we are 22 years into the DMC, you know, <laughs> yeah. 22 years, and people still get the shits if you say uh, the Dragons are playing someone. It's St. George Illawarra. Yeah. Or if you say the Tigers are someone, it's West Tigers, yeah. you know. And it's 22 years down the track, mm. and we're still not playing out of the one ground. Yeah. Just rip the Band-Aid off. Just, like, I came through the Tigers faction, and, yeah, it's beautiful, Leichhardt Oval, but honestly, just get your asses out to Campbelltown. Yeah. Well, that's what we say. It's yeah. a massive growth area. Yeah. Like, West is based out there. They've got most of the power in the club anyway, don't yes. they? Yes. We're like, freaking around, and we've been freaking around forever. Mm. Not 50-50, because that's still, you know, Arthur or Martha. Get out there, play two games a year, which have to be Sunday afternoons at Leichhardt, mm-hmm. and just get amongst it. You yeah. know, like, it's just... It seems very odd. Have you Have you been through the new... The new um, centre of excellence no. that they've got. No, they've no. been trumping it about it in the paper. Seventy-eight oh, yeah. million, mate. Looks very seventy-eight million. Seventy-eight million, apparently. But but in what world do you get that money back? How do we? Yeah, how do you honestly? A, that's a lot of money. Seventy-eight million, mate. You guys haven't ever spent that here at uh, Hello Sport HQ. Uh, well, uh, a couple short, but <laughs> yeah, call it seventy. Yeah. But on, honestly, for, for a freak, it's a game of rugby league. Yeah, it does. Seventy-eight million dollars. Mm. It does seem like a lot. It seems like it an seems awful like lot. quite a lot, doesn't it? For a couple like, of pools and well, yeah. What's what's required to be great at rugby league? I don't know. Like, is it hot and cold plunge pools and fucking infrared saunas? And if we've got seventy eight million, right? Go and buy fifty million worth of real estate. Seriously. You can have as many yeah. as centre of excellence as you like down the track. It's a good right. point. Does it make you sad seeing the old club, the old sort of West West Tigers clubhouse on Victoria Road, so decrepit? Oh yeah. Did you have some wild nights in there? Yeah, great nights. Yeah, great nights out there. Um, oh, there's a couple of stories I'd love to tell, but they're probably a bit too risky. But <laughs> I, I'll tell you one story. Um, so we got to this stage where we go to a Monday, right? We go and get on the source on a Monday. And we end up going to another pub. We'd left a few pubs, went to another pub. And... One of the boys gets kicked out, and I can't name him, and I can't name the reason why, because it was friggin' bad, right? <laughs> so he gets kicked out, and we get dragged into Stephen Noyce's office, and the three of us, like myself, Stephen Crouch, and the third person who caused all this, uh, we've been told that, you know, we're going to pay a fine, and we're not to play for a month, right? Well, sorry, I'm getting a fine, he's getting a fine, and the player who is the perpetrator, is getting a month off. So what happens is when we're being interviewed by the CEO, he said, what'd you do, blah, 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 blah. And this bloke said, oh, he, he was pissed and he pinched a cop on the tush, right? <laughs> but that wasn't even the incident. That had happened at another pub, right? That, that happened at another pub. So... He goes, we didn't even know about that. So now we've got to get this player because it gets to this journal. This journal says if this makes, if this player's not stood down for a month, this is going everywhere, right? So how are we going to do this? So what happens is we go, okay, this is what's going to happen. I'm going to mark, insert blanks, right? And I'm going to let him around the outside and I'm going to half tackle him and he's going to do his shoulder, right? So we do that. And then Andrew Leeds goes over to the player and says, oh, mate, How's, how is it there, there? What about there? No, nah, it's just a sting of your sweet, right? So he's not ruled out. In the end, happens again, does a hamstring, and the player in the rugby league magazine's out for a month, you know. <laughs> oh, but, oh, great times there. 
Great times. <laughs> Far out. Great times. That's ridiculous. Good That's, Lord. There's a lot you don't know. No, yeah. mate, there's so much you don't know with rugby league. It's oh, so funny. Just the league. things that are happening right in front of your face and we got no idea at all. No idea whatsoever. What's your lay of the land for the, this competition? Obviously, Penrith are heavy, heavy favourites, but... Yeah, I'm, you get a smoky for us. I, I, and I also just want to say now, like, I've got a great respect for Joel's rugby league now because he tipped the Titans against yeah. Manly <laughs> yesterday, which I wouldn't have seen coming. No, you want, to t- you want to tip this time of year. Teams are out of the running on the road. Mm. You want to tip against them. That was the case. As soon as the Roosters got beat, sorry, as soon as the Roosters won, Manly were done. So I thought the Titans were a good bet in the end. But um, I couldn't have done it, though. You know what? No, we can't tip against If you wanted a roughie, I I actually think the roughie is... I think the Panthers will miss the grand final. Okay. Wow. Spicy. Miss the grand final. I think if they make the grand final, I'll win it. Right? They'll they'll absolutely win it. But the reason I say that is week one of the finals... So Cleary got sent off in that game against Parramatta. So he essentially didn't play that game. That was the start of the game. So week one of the finals, Cleary and Luai will have played one game in six or seven weeks, right? So vulnerable. If they win that game, they then get another two weeks off. And you're going to meet a hot team coming in in a prelim. It might be a Roosters, a but might be, who knows? So I feel like if they're going to get beat, it's going to be in that week one or week two. If they survive those two games, they go to the grand final and they absolutely win. Mm. So I'd be looking at those grand final, Quinellas, Sands, Panthers. Okay. Yeah. I like that. I like that a lot. Okay, and if it's not Panthers to win it, who wins it? Jeez. Maybe the Sharks. Sharks. Could you imagine? Could you imagine if Fitzgibbon goes there first season? Yeah. Midas touch, wins a comp. Nico Hines. Could. 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 Yeah. Cowboys are still in the game too. I'd forgive them that SCG run. And then, of course, South and Bruce is coming through. Yeah. I... uh, how did you how did you have the Cowboys going this year? Because I had them coming dead last. I know I don't fucking know a thing. Like, <laughs> that's pretty well established. But for a team I thought was going to come dead last to be running third or second. Second, I think. Second. Oh, it's second. crazy, isn't it? It's not, you know, it's not yeah. a great um, indictment on myself, is it? <laughs> Your rugby league knowledge. <laughs> no, no, I um I I don't remember where I had them, but I've been a big pro, you know, Todd Payton the whole time, so but nothing like this. I, I certainly yeah. didn't tip him top four. Todd Payton um, looks like a bit of a sort of a, a villain in a, a cartoon movie, we reckon. Yeah. You know what I mean? Yeah. He's just got, got like that eyes. bit about him, that eyes, yeah. that look, the, the goatee. goatee. Yeah. He's done very, very well. Yeah. Hi is a bloke who looks exactly like him too, Dean Young. I like that. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Just a yeah, down. exactly. Yeah, yeah. yeah An understudy. Yeah. Um, what do you think Manly's chances of winning the Common 23 are, realistically? Mm. Full strength. Uh, Full strength premiers. What are we thinking? I, I just love that Olakuatu, eh? Yeah, he's good. Tommy Turbo. He, he, if if you had him this year, you'd be in the game. See? We do know yeah. what we're talking yeah, about. Yeah, yeah, there we go. We're spot on. <laughs> 13 mate, plus. We don't want to take... 13, 13 plus, plus. Exactly, yeah. He knows exactly. it. Exactly. We don't want to take any more of your time, mate, but thank you very much for coming no in. No worries, really appreciate Jess. it. Uh, yeah, that's about it, really. The run home. Yep. Joel and Fletch, SEN. That's it. Sports bet. Look, we are Neds uh, affiliated. But we are happy to acknowledge your greatness on Sportsbet as well. Mate, uh, yeah. no, I appreciate that, boys. Uh, you're flying, by the way, and these chairs are very comfortable. Very comfy, like good. That. We just want you to be comfortable. Thanks, yes. mate. Appreciate <laughs> it. Uh, left side, right side, perfect combo. Well perfect. done, boys. Thank you very much, mate. Cheers. Cheers. Could you two just not talk anymore? <laughs>